You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Briefs edition. I'm your host, Erica Lance. Our sponsor today, forgot to mention this on the last podcast. That's <laughs> okay. They have a commercial, so I'll throw it in. Is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Coupon code DWA10 gets you 10% off. Veteran and brother owned. Amazingness, amazingness. My amazing co host today is Danielle Orsino. Yay! Don't forget yes, to like and subscribe our podcast and leave a nice little review because we want to hear what you have to say about these podcasts. Yes, and our guest today is the incomparable, I love the word incomparable, and it needs to be used more, incomparable Rob Volpe. Hey, thank you. You're welcome. Can I make clinking glass sound? Yes, mine is is plastic because I break shit, so I'm not allowed to. (laughs) She's not allowed to have anything nice. I'm not. I'm literally... Because I am double fisting in this, uh, I can you actually can clink. clink the glasses. So here, let's see if this will work. Ooh, you I like made the it. clink sound like Despicable Me. We clink the glass. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, so let us talk about what we're drinking, shall we? Um, I am drinking. Um, what am I drinking? I am drinking. Riesling. Thank you, Danielle. I'm getting seventy percent. Dragon Reese organic done with the bottle. It's fun. It is 70% organic. So the other 30% will probably kill me at some point since some 30% of this is probably formaldehyde. I'm not even sure, but it is pretty amazing. I think there was some like random grapes that rolled down the hill into the basket. And like, that's why they were just like, see, I kind of wonder if the people who make this one, it's really, it's actually very yummy because it's not too sweet. And it's not too dry. It's like the perfect Riesling. But I go, did the company, this is my policymaking brain, Rob. You'll appreciate this kind of thing too. But either the people who make this one are incredibly honest and wanted to be like, I'm going to be true to things or they got in trouble somehow. Just for the record, every human out there, if you see a warning sign, it's not because somebody usually in the background went, oh, I should warn people about this. It's because some human did something Mm -hmm. ridiculously stupid and then they had to put a sign or a policy in place saying, don't mm-hmm. do this stupid thing. So, yep. yeah. Okay, Danielle, yeah. what are you drinking? I, I'm back to my bare foot, but this time I got watermelon fruscato. Ooh. Uh, Barefoot wine coolers. Okay, Danielle. Elevated. <laughs> are you a Pitts <laughs> Creek fan? Yes, you, I am. Oh my God. There is Herb Erblinger's uh, fruit wines. <laughs> this one tastes like radishes. Yep. <laughs> it looks like it. One of my favorite mock commercials ever. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I won't even describe how many times I've watched. I actually have um, role played at my last work. We did these little commercials and me and another, we, we would do the Schitt's Creek folding the cheese scene. <gasps> yes. We did that twice. And then we did the, you know, where David's out in the field. And so we had people that were playing all the characters. I played Myra, one of my favorite characters to play ever. And I have a friend, Robert, shout out Robert, who plays David perfectly, perfectly. That's He's like, that be our company Christmas card. I'm like, That's yes, it is. And I'm passing it on to you. What step are we on? Like, that should be our company Christmas card. <laughs> yes. I can. I actually, there is pictures of me doing this. I have the videos. I also did Epi Trinket. There's a video of me doing the Hunger Games at work. It's fine. What are you doing? <laughs> Rob, what are you drinking? Well, I, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm uh, double fisting today. I've got two different cocktails with me both of which were created for the launch of my book, which is all about empathy. So as you might expect, uh, they are empathetically named. Um, This one is the Empathetically Intense Rye Smash. And so 
the recipe. It's two ounces of rye, one ounce of Barrow's Intense Ginger Liqueur, hence the name Intense, uh, five, half ounce of lemon, and half ounce of maple syrup. Um, it's a really fun, lovely flavor. Yeah, okay. like that one. And then this is the Empathetically Intense Metzgal Margarita. So it's two ounces of Metzgal, one ounce of Barrow's Intense, an ounce of lime, and loveliness over us. You need uh, to send me those recipes so I can share them with the audience. I will. I'll yeah. email with you. Please, absolutely do that because I will share them with the audience. Okay. Ready, Rob, for rapid fire questions? I hope so. Here we go. What is your favorite mm -hmm. episode of Schitt's Creek? See, I just changed it up. Do you see how I did that? Mm -hmm. It has that threw me off. I mean, God, there's so many. Like for just total tears, um, David's wedding um to Patrick but then like the Herb Erblinger the first Herb Erblinger commercial like had me in tears when she first did that um and then every other episode pretty much I like, love every episode I have to say the first time I heard the wine episode where he was describing what flavor of what kind of wine he likes to drink <laughs> I, I love that that was like one of my favorite moments like ever yeah in a yeah. show it was yeah, it's such a, such a brilliant mm -hmm. show and it ended so perfectly. Like they did such a great job. Yes, and and wigs and all of everything it. about it, costume, it was all perfect. The cabaret yeah. episode, that's another one of my favorites. Yes. Oh, I love uh, oh, the I cabaret. love me some cabaret. I love musicals. Love musicals. I just okay. saw um, well, ask me what go ahead. Was. No, what what I just saw the Into the Woods revival on Broadway. Um a couple oh. weeks ago, OMG, best production really? of the woods I've ever seen. Like, really, and no offense to Vanessa Williams, I love her, she was a fabulous witch, but I've seen it on stage three other times, I think. And this one, it just like it just had this energy to it that um, other productions hadn't. And you know, they they retain the entire story, so as it goes dark in act two, it's all there. And I, to me, that careful what you wish for element of, of the second act is what the show is all about and so moving and powerful and yeah it was great it was so so wonderful um and I'm a big Sondheim fan so mm. so highly recommended um it's just got extended into October we'll see if we we manage to go up to New York Comic Con we can go that's see what it. I was thinking now we know it's due yes but yes the last musical I got to see in New York was um, Sweet Charity with Molly Ringwald. Oh, oh, how was that? That was amazing. Nice. Amazing. Really? Well, not only am I a ridiculous Molly Ringwald fan because 80s and like every yeah. John Hughes movie ever made. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Of course. Um, but it, she's amazing. And then at the same weekend, I got to see uh, Jessica Lange, Christian Slater, and Josh... Yeah from Sweet Home Alabama. He played Reese Witherspoon. Yes, Josh Lucas. Yeah, yeah. Um, in The Glass Menagerie. <gasps> okay, that's impressive. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. can Jealous. we just talk about Jessica Lange's hand acting? Oh. Like, oh my God, that woman expresses more by like gripping her hand than many actors do in their entire career. It's so good. Oh my God, I love her. I love Meryl Streep. Like, anyway, okay, we can get off on a tangent. Okay. But the question I was actually supposed to ask you was what is your favorite book of all time? Oh God, that's hard. My own probably doesn't count. Um, no. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say um, Linda Ellerby's uh, first autobiography, And So It Goes was really influential for me when back in the 80s because I wanted to be a journalist. We were talking earlier about my writing. Mm -hmm. The thing we didn't get into was my whole like interest in becoming a journalist. And Linda Ellerby, you know, and she, so a lot of people know her from her time as the anchor of Nick News, but before that she was an anchor on NBC and did like weekend news and overnight and all these things. And she wrote a book um, called And So It Goes, and that was her signature sign off. But she had such a great way of turning a phrase and telling a story. And I just, I so admired that. Um, that when her book came, like I met her, I've had her sign it. I, my, I was the yearbook editor my senior year. And that's how mm -hmm. I ended 
book and so it goes is a little nod to oh her. I love that um yeah and it, it just fueled my imagination and interest in um being a journalist and writing um back then I love that that is very cool and I like how you tied that into something we missed I appreciate that well done points for that um what about a, a book you did not like what is a book that is your least favorite book of all time oh god least favorite mm-hmm. um, if we could roll this conversation back to before I had some drinks I would no nope. that's why we do these conversations after that's why it's later mm-hmm. hashtag yeah. plan that way well, I, I'm looking around at my stashes of books thinking that there's going to be something. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so many. That's so. I mean, do you guys finish every book that you start? No. Danielle does, unfortunately. We have talked to her about this. Yeah. The, I don't because it's a gigantic fucking waste of time and none, none of us have enough time for that. And I, I say that to her. people all the time. Like, it's not helping the author if you are not enjoying yourself and you're just like, I'm going to trudge through to the end. You help them by buying it. Well done. You've accomplished a goal. Gold star. You can chuck that book, donate it, whatever. If it's, you know, if it's something that's saying stuff that you're violently against, then maybe don't share it. But otherwise, you know, donate it. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was a I book. I try to get through always. I know you need to stop doing that. You don't have enough time. I know. I know. Give me one second. Can I run into my bedroom and look? Because I think I might still have one of the books that I didn't. We'll, like. we'll give you one second. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we'll probably yeah. talk about you, but that's okay. No, we're allowed to talk about people. <laughs> yeah, that that okay. What character are you dressed as, by the way? This is Aurora. I got the crown. Oh, Thank oh, you. the Aurora crown. Oh. Yeah. Hi. I got the Aurora. Good. Oh, me and my wine are having fun tonight. No, yeah, I'm like, I'm mesmerized by this piece and I'm like, oh, how she... good is a filigree priest? Yeah, that is good, amazing. That's a good piece. Aconite Creations made this for me. It's a good piece. That, yeah. that is gorgeous. Yeah. That no, really is. You know, what's funny good. is that and it I matches tried the to, crown. for the longest time when I was cosplaying, it's kind of like why my Gaston cosplay. That jacket is a wool jacket made the way the jackets were back then. It weighs 40 pounds. So a friend made it for me, made it very accurate. I can't be this character unless we're outside in the cold because it is mm-hmm. way with the vest and then the jacket on top, way too fucking hot. Like way That's too- why I can't do interviews in the, in the Thine Eyes of Mercy corset because it's a steel boned 18th century corset that Rainbow Corsetry made, the one that's on the cover of Thine Eyes. That thing has me cinched for days, but it's steel bone. I can't breathe. So you get like short little pictures like, hi, yeah, I'm here. Then that thing's got to come off and I have to sit down when I'm unlaced because it's you made. Know. When it's I had her made my list out, I'm like, you need to make it so I can actually wear it and not mm-hmm like thick velvet anyway sorry we're talking about cosplay outfits during your departure riddless stop is that yeah so i yes i'm six feet tall and i like a lot of the um male characters to cosplay like i have a gaston costume and i was telling her it's completely accurate so it weighs 40 pounds it's made out of the wool and stuff like that that they wore back then it's beautiful it's just ridiculously heavy, but I have a vampire Lestat because my friend Brandy dresses up like um, a Louis and her daughter at the time dressed, dressed up like Claudia, my goddaughter. So we would role play and it's a velvet, it's his um, peacock velvet outfit with a gold inlay. Oh, uh-huh. Yes. And it is, oh. she hand painted the gold on the it's so gorgeous she's an amazing seamstress Rachel Cross if you're out there and um but it's when she went to make that one I said because she'd made the Gaston I'm like I love the screen accuracy on this but it is not practical for cosplaying like it's just Mm -hmm. not yes let's let's do something a little different all right well here I'm going to show you um if I can hold it big enough so uh this is my husband and i <gasps> drag 
on the Queen oh Mary 2, God. I told you earlier, we did that voyage. Yes. So on masquerade night, it was like, well, what else do you do on masquerade? Go and drag. And apparently, it was so much fun. Oh, my God. Apparently, no other passenger had done that before. But we took a spin around the dining room and like. Oh, my God. The other I guests. love you. Love you. So fabulous. It was so I'm fun. going to find a Myra picture and I'm going to email it to you so you can see my Myra. Okay. Please. Yes. So I couldn't find um I couldn't find that worst book. I think it's in the garage somewhere. I, I should just really tuck it in a community library box. Yeah. Um, and what is the name of it though? That's the thing. I, I blocked it out of my mind. Okay. Oh, it was that oh. bad. This is... It was that bad. Like if I don't finish a book, I don't like it. And I will say, like, I'm reading um, well, no, I'm not reading the Bone Code by Kathy Reichs. It's like part of the pulp bones mm -hmm. bone collectors series. Because I've been looking, I loved Patricia Cornwell back in the 90s when she was first getting started with Kay Scarpetta. Like, and I have been looking for that experience for 20 years and I can't find it. And I was doing a bookstore appearance in Indianapolis and I asked the staff like, hey, give me a, I'm looking for a thriller. I'd want to, and they were like, oh, Kathy Reichs. And it's like, damn, if that dead body doesn't show up in the first two pages, like it's so hard to get <laughs> into it. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know, there's some hurricane coming and I just kind of don't care. So <laughs> you're out. It's yeah. And now it's sitting on my desk and I'm like, great, what am I going to do with that? Um, so Kathy, if you're listening, please just put the dead body up front, like start it that way. But what I did find is <gasps> the LRB book by my bed stand, on my bed stand. And so it goes adventures in television. Oh I my God, it. look at that amazing hair. I love uh, it. So my sister had given it to me. So she had like given a little inscription, but then I got Linda to sign it a few years <gasps> later. That is oh, awesome. That's so great. Yeah. It that's was, just, that's awesome. What okay. was it like signing your books? Because I have one of your books signed. What was that like? Um, I, I like it. I like it. I'm, <laughs> I try, I don't, I don't just like throw my name as you probably noticed like I don't just throw my name in it I personalize it and even mm -hmm. where Linda Ellerby just said to Rob Best Linda Ellerby I try to write something I've got several permutations of of what I write I love that um so I like to to write some a little something to the individual presuming you know they're the ones that are mm -hmm. going to so you know to Erica thanks for the support something 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 we can make the world a better place and then I, I sign it. The thing that I do, I don't know what got into me, but when I, um, on the day the book launched, I went to Alexander Book Company here in San Francisco. It was a lovely indie shop because they had it in the book in stock and I wanted to see it. I'm really big about seeing things in the natural mm -hmm. environment. Yes. So we went to the bookstore and they, you know, it was whatever the Tuesday, 10 AM, they didn't have it out yet, but they went into the basement, dug it out, brought it up to me and let me sign it. And I started numbering the books that are for sale that people have bought. So if you have a oh, books that you've purchased, or, yeah, I number it. I'm I love a, that. 200 or something and you know it's a little hard to I, no one will ever line them all up but if they were I'm sure there's some duplication of numbers because I forget sometimes but yeah I That's just sweet I, I love that never buy my signature um so that there's you know it's just a little something extra for the well, book oh, that's sweet I like that you also talk to people which I love so this is a little bit different when they line people up for you to sign your handlers start getting agitated. And I've seen this happen at conventions too. There was a huge call out about the gentleman who played, um, what's his name on Stranger Things, got really upset at a Comic-Con in, I think it was- Is that Germany. David Harbour? Yes. That David, yeah. Yeah, on how he was treated because they were like, you need to go faster, you need to go faster. We, you know what I mean? And I love that you were talking to people because you didn't see this, but the per your handler behind you was losing her shit over the fact that you were taking moments to interact with the fans. But I absolutely love that you did it. And it made an impression on me because 
the people who are coming there, they're lined up to get you to interact with them. They don't want you to throw something at them. No. And when celebrities get schooled in doing that, and I understand some celebrities and there's a lot of people and you can't spend time, but I was at actually a convention with that had the following people amongst others, Jason Momoa, uh -huh. Jeff Goldblum, and Pee Wee Herman. Paul, um, right? right. Paul Rubens, yeah. got it. I don't know why we, it's, it's Pee Wee. And I get caricature signed by people. So I went up and I was interacting with all. That's what I get signed is I have a friend of mine draw me and them in a scene and then they sign it. So Jason Momoa was very hysterical, but you could He's tell awesome. like they were trying to get them to move people. And he looked down because it's him dresses Aquaman and me as Wonder Woman with the lasso around him. And he looked down at it and he looks up at me and he's like, yeah, you, you seem like trouble. And I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> he's like, I'm just, I'm just going to sign this because you scare me. And then he handed it back to me. Right. But I've watched the stars just grab stuff and go and grab stuff and go. And I'm like, Wee Herman spent five minutes with every, Paul Robin spent five minutes with every single person that came up interacted with them, asked them about themselves. Didn't matter how long his line was. He was taking time with every person. Jeff yeah. Goldblum the same way, had lost his voice. I got a caricature done of me and him from Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, I love that Hello, movie. call out to that. Love, love that it. Movie. High five on that. Yes, yeah. And he literally was like, because they're like, he's not going to be able to talk, blah, blah, blah. He lost his voice. He stopped and he looked at it and he's like, this is really cool. <laughs> and I, but those three I loved, but I watched lesser celebrities like grabbing, signing, grabbing, signing, and I'm like, yeah, hi, these are fans. They, they interact. Yeah, with yes. and, and with all due respect, like they did try to like hurry me along, and I like I don't know how many people are gonna show again. Who am I? First time author, book on empathy, like massive show. You know, I was on stage one time when Tiffany Haddish was talking. And I'm like, no one's going to come see me. I'm going to go, I'd go see Tiffany Haddish. Like, you know, mm -hmm. so I, and, and also first time didn't know what to expect with something like that. Because um, God knows if I do a book signing at a bookstore, it's like people that I know at this point that are showing up. Like I, the book hasn't gotten out so far that it's strangers kind of showing up. So I don't know what was going to happen. And it's about building that connection. I mean, Erica, because of that, like we wouldn't be here today if I just signed the book because I wouldn't have known about, you know, drinks with authors. I saw it on your badge and I was like, tell me, you know, tell me more about that. Um, and we were able to have that conversation. And, and, and to me, I mean, empathy is about building that connection. And I will say David Sedaris, I went to a reading that he did um, or his like, kind of reading performance in a arena um, but he did a signing before and after he was available and he spends time talking to people and granted while he's talking to you he's drawing shit in the book and so like it, he signed it was supporting carnival of snackeries so it was last fall and he wrote he crossed out snackeries and wrote fags for my husband and i but, and, you know why not because like i obviously um but he spent some time talking to us and i got to you know i told him about my book was coming out and he was really gracious and asked me questions about it and um and we had a nice few minute exchange and i just think that's um i think that's what you should do i think that's the responsibility of the author the the talent the celebrity the person because if somebody's going to take the time like you know i so there's nigella uh, well there's linda ellerby but then there's also nigella lawson and mm -hmm. nigella did a signing of one of her cookbooks here in san francisco this was years ago five years ago maybe and i went and got her to sign it but she i actually got to talk to her during the signing and you know my husband Charles was home he was like deathly ill with something and she mentioned that her then husband Charles Saatchi was you know like had been sick or something and oh there's such bad patients and you know all like we had this nice little interaction and that meant so much that mm -hmm. you know, it just bonds that fandom relationship that connection in a way that just signing it and passing it over won't 
Um, yeah. the, the author, there was an, the author that then took my seat and signed books. I was nice. And I was like, oh, hey, can I have a copy of your book? And she signed it and she gave it to me. And I think we left it in Las Vegas recently. Um, Cause I was just like, oh, you know. there was no, there's no connection. I had that. No, I met, yeah. I met Jim Steranko and it was the same thing. The comic book uh, artist. And I mean, he's a legend. I was like so nervous. I wouldn't even talk to him at first because I was that nervous around him. And I waited. And when we came up, he started talking to me. And by the end of the conversation, he asked me when he found out I was an author, he asked me for a copy of my book. And he's like, would you sign a copy and bring it back to me? Because he knew I lived in the area. And, I, and he, I, he said, are you coming back tomorrow? I said, yeah. And he goes, would you bring me a copy of your book and sign it for me? He's like, because I'd love to read it. And I looked at him and literally my husband had to put his hand on my back because I was gonna about to fall over. And I went, um, okay. Like I was still, and the next day I went back and I went to his handler and his handler waved me over. He goes, he's been waiting all day for you. He goes, come here. And I walked over and I said, I don't want, I don't want to interrupt the line. And he goes, no. And he goes, here's the girl. And Steranko looked at me and went, oh, honey, I've been waiting for you. Where are you? know, And he's like, do you have my book? And I looked at him and I was like, uh, uh, you know, and he's like, and he opened it up. He's like, it's signed to me, right? And I opened it up. I said, yes, sir, it's here. And here's my postcard. And he goes, is your contact information in here? He's like, because after I read it, you know, and had a whole conversation. And I was like, oh my God, Jim Steranko's talking to me. And he looks at the, he's like, the cover's beautiful. And then he's like, oh, that's you. He's like, see, I told you, you're so beautiful. Somebody should put you on a cover. And he grabs my face and he's like, come here, come hug me. And I'm like, I, I was dying. And right there, I was like, can I buy another one of his, whatever, just, I was like, put it on the card. I was like, I'll buy it, whatever it is. I'll buy it, you know, I'm like, whatever he's selling, I'll buy. I, you know. And, it, and it also, it even goes beyond just the the sort of capitalism of that moment yeah. where you buy it something. Was just, you're such a fan now, you're gonna espouse oh. his work. You're his evangelist. You're gonna, you know. I'm going to the next con, like just to see. And he told me, he goes, I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna be here, I'm gonna be there. He's like, you're always welcome at my table anytime. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. Like, it was just one of those, yep, yep. I'm, I I will be there just to come by and say hello. Like, that's a given, so but offers, he just took that time. If you're listening, learn from this. If people yeah. are there, wanting to sign your book, wanting to talk to you about your book. It doesn't matter if it's a tremendous line. I'm not saying spend 20 minutes with them, but spend some time acknowledging their existence because yes. they are a fan and they're there to literally support you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, just, just give them that moment. Oh, yeah. God. You don't know the impression you'll make. Exactly. And you don't know the impression you'll make if you don't do that. Um, yeah, well, that too. <laughs> yeah, well, I can guarantee you the impression you'll make if you don't do that. And guess what? There's social media. So unlike before, where maybe they could tell a couple of their friends around the block about now they're going to tell everybody. Now they can tell everybody what a complete dick you've been. So, and they will. <laughs> okay, rapid okay. fire, Rob. What is your favorite weird food combination? Oh yeah, we need this. A weird food combination. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Did you think these were all going to be writing questions? We don't do that here on. No, 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 honey, with no. authors. No, I'm trying to think what my weird. Okay, so like, I don't know how weird this really is, but I mix like three different types of cereal together in the morning. Um, oh my God, Chelsea, one of my other co-hosts. Chelsea's going to love the greatest me. thing in the world. I was just going to say, she's singing she's his praises already. She's going to listen to this and be so mad she wasn't on this show. This is for, mm -hmm. she has one of those little hotel cereal things with like oh, six different cereals it. in her house. Mm -hmm. And every day, he, she has a bowl designed for cereal because the little bowls are not enough and the big bowls are, she has like the just right Goldilocks freaking bowl for mixed oh, cereals. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love Shout it. Shout out, Chelsea. Shout out. Yeah, it's Unfortunately, like, I do not, like, well, health because I'm over 50 and then a little something else for flavor um and it generally kind of works out <laughs> I love that okay well if you oh you know what Danielle go for it I don't feel he's going to go the direction you want him to go on this but go for probably it probably not but I'm going to ask okay Rob so you're going to meet one of these three things and you have to prove that they're alive Loch Ness Monster UFO or Bigfoot, which one are you coming face to face with to prove to the world that it does in fact exist and UFO. why? UFO, because I think they already do. <laughs> I actually, 
Loch Ness Monster, yeah, probably. Um, Bigfoot, sure, I'd go with that. But UFO, for sure. And I think for me, why? Um, mm -hmm. Well, if we're going to get philosophical, it kind of goes- Let's well, go for it. Hold on, let's grab our drinks and get philosophical. Yeah, I was just going right. to say. Mm -hmm. oh, let me clink Except the glass and just say, um, mm -hmm. we're going to get philosophical about it. Mm -hmm. You know, I was very fortunate growing up. My parents, um, since I've had a couple of cocktails, I'll just tell you. Let's um, go. My, my parents were, I was born four months after the wedding. Let's just say that. Um, so had me a little early, point, point. 60s, uh, according to the usual timelines. Yes, wink, wink. And mm -hmm. um, some of the family was not all that supportive of that. And so they, um, my parents, as we were growing up, opted not to go down the route of every Sunday going to church and felt it was more important that we spent Sunday mornings as a family doing something rather than going to church. And that ended up being a really great gift for me because it helped me appreciate all religions that are out there and understanding where different religions are coming from and being able to question certain things and you know the idea of well if it's you know our way is the right way and everyone else is going to hell it's like that doesn't feel very empathetic it doesn't kind of go with I like the, how you brought it around yeah yeah um oh yeah and so similarly so you know it's just that kind of arrogance of religion and that ours is the right way and everybody else is wrong says who please we're all here on this earth similarly like i'm sorry the universe is like way too big for us to be the only intelligent life that's out there and i am sure there is much much more advanced life than us um that exists and i i, I think it'll be um when the government tells us they know or you know whether they already know or it's coming or you know it's yet to be determined i feel like with all the little ufo studies that are coming out now that's like they're 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 teeing us up for something they're getting ready well, they're getting i also think that you know what they said in men in black is completely accurate a person is smart but people are stupid totally and if you start telling that there's other life and it's visited us and blah they will start that going out and shooting at anything in the sky kind of mentality and then panic mass panic and it, and it, it will also cause people to question so much of their own sort of the pillars of society yeah yeah and god and all the things that are out there instead of going no there's this gigantic massive universe that just keeps expanding and of course there's going to be other life that's out there um, and, and that could be a really beautiful thing. I hope that the people come, if I'm going to be going to meet them, I mean, I think first as an empathy activist, I would be a, a, a good candidate. Possibly. You'd be a good ambassador. Yes. Because I'd be wanting to understand where they're coming from, try to share our perspective and, and be that bridge as long as they don't want to eat me or something, you know? Put, put aside the their hero. I think if they wanted to eat us, we would be in a very different situation from a cattle standpoint. We'd be on the buffet table. Yeah, we would. I don't think it's eat us. I I personally think probably if they're getting here into this planet, they're like, these guys are idiots. Like, I think we're like the petri dish of the gal galaxy. <laughs> they're just kind of like, yeah, no, they're not ready yet. Yeah. yeah. Unless okay. they're humans from the future. Ooh. coming back in time to check on us and <clears throat> on from an alternate future that could be an alternate dimension yeah are we multiversing <laughs> here on drinking with thoughts i'm just, just yeah i'm sorry i took it off all right i, I have two cocktails so i might be in the multiverse already you don't I, you, yeah it could, you be. could be this show is the multiverse for authors <laughs> it, it could be so that's you know good, that's a great we wormhole it Give me another one. I want more. Okay, so what is your favorite book to TV or movie adaptation where you think they did a good job by it? Ooh. And I doubt you're going to say Into the Woods, so go ahead. I will not say Into the Woods. Um, 
Okay, I'm not going to also say Jurassic Park. That was a massive letdown. Oh, yeah. Massive letdown. Yeah. Um, I recent, I, I've talked about this. I recently listened to that again because my boyfriend and he's an identical twin brother love dinosaurs and Jurassic Park, but they had never, they'd seen the movie, but they'd never read the book. And so I had an audio book and I was driving and we his brother listened to it with me and was like, Oh, this is much more adult. I said, yeah, they can't take it back now what they did. This was not a children's story. Yeah. And he was like, no. yeah. And then he told my boyfriend and my boyfriend was like, I don't want to listen to it. Don't, don't ruin it for me. So Jurassic Park was my LA riot read of 1990. What was that too? Um, oh, so wow. I was living in Los Angeles at the time of the Rodney King riots. And um, we all got like locked in our you know there was lockdown and all of that and I had happened to pick up Jurassic Park and so blew through that in the three days that we were stuck at home and like loved it and so excited the movie was in production and coming out the next year and they you know it's like kids what who like no this is like dinosaur mayhem and destruction and you know danger man don't do this and you know some of the themes have gotten into but yeah, that was a disappointment. Um, Carrie was actually the original Carrie, I think is a good adaptation um, from um, that book, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, that comes to mind. Um, I'm a huge fan of Anti-Mame with Rosalind Russell as an adaptation. I think that was great. My latest kind of obsession, and I know people have waned on this but i love westworld um on hbo mm -hmm. and just the idea of humans and hosts and artificial intelligence and kind of where everything is headed and some of the themes that they explore there and i think they took a kind of okay movie and really made it especially the first season just took it mm -hmm. to a whole other level um, and I've been a loyal fan ever since, and the fourth season just wrapped up. So, okay, what about the opposite? You said Jurassic Park. What? It, where do you think they went horribly wrong with the adaptation for Jurassic of Park? Two movie that they similar to the um, <laughs> similar to what they do with Into the Woods, where they take out all the the all the darkness, the darkness, the mature material, mm -hmm. where yep. it's like hi there's like you know animals with teeth this big like you know that have never tasted man before and we're a morsel and a half so i think the the tension just wasn't there the whole time it was too much of a kid's adventure and you know the kids with sam neil and mm -hmm. thing and ooh, it's the veggie burger you know the veggie burger veggie saurus mm -hmm. we're gonna eat it we're gonna call it a veggie burger um, but the Vegisaurus, yeah, like that, that uh, you know, yes, it was cute. And so I understand they were trying to appeal to a huge mainstream audience. I wanted more of Laura Dern in the um, uh, trying to turn the power back on and Sam Jackson's arm like falling on her because there's a velociraptor around. I wanted more peril because that is what realistically would have happened. Right. That and the dinosaurs were already off the fucking island. I keep having to explain that to people. Yes. Like the dinosaurs were off the island. That was the problem is that a bunch of children had died on Costa Rica because the dinosaurs were already off the island. That's mm -hmm. how it From comfies, which are this tall, just for the record. Yeah. Little, little 18 inch. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So there, there was, it just, they, they just diluted it. Um, and that's disappointing. And, and is that the one you like the least, or what? Is there another of the Jurassic Park movies? Or... No, not Jurassic or, Park. No, just in general. Adaptation. An adaptation of a book that you thought, God, they could have done this better. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, Steven Spielberg. Um, Jaws was an amazing movie, but there was, again, some adult themes in the book that added a lot of dimension to Richard Dreyfuss's character and also the wife. And, and I understand why they cut 
all of that. It's like, there's only so much that you can do. Um, but I think it would have made it more interesting. Um, I mean, the, the movie's amazing. Um, so don't get me wrong, but I think that well, the movie scared the shit out of people from being in the water for like yeah. generations. No, it totally worked. And now there's so many shark attacks and I'm like, maybe we need to re-release the movie. Because yeah. I think there were less shark attacks because people weren't stupid enough to get in the water, right? <laughs> exactly. And now um, everybody's getting bitten by sharks and I'm like, there's a movie you should watch because you'll never go in the water again. Solve the yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I'm trying to think of like some of those Merchant Ivory productions and um, we're, we're the, still here people listening he's just paused and looking at just pondering and I'm like I can't think of anything else at the moment okay but what's gonna okay, happen we'll I'm gonna turn my tv on and there's gonna be like oh god I hated that adaptation why did they do that we'll be getting emails ironically we'll have to update it drinks i had a guest and <laughs> that was on the other day we asked this question to she ended up emailing me and it's like i need to clarify two things <laughs> this email. she's like i feel better now and i'm like okay i'm not okay, reading it on the you. show she just needed to make sure i knew yeah. there you go no problem yeah. i love it okay so i'm going to ask you a question and then danielle's going to have the final question okay ready got it if you could be any mythical or paranormal creature, what would you be and why? Wonder Woman. Yes! Okay. Oh, oh my God. I, okay. Why? Calm um, down. Calm down over there. Queen Aurora. Calm the this, hell down. Okay. And okay. this isn't, this is not for Danielle's benefit. I write about it in the book. Legit, like 1970s role-playing when I was a kid um you know my best friend and I would spin around and turn into our costumes and run around and do our, our thing um Wonder Woman is her core values are my core values truth <laughs> compassion love justice I mean like it's all there it's all there and I I still Danielle I don't know if this happens to you but I do watch the old Linda Carter's episode yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when they were singing the theme song and the whole idea of, um, you know, uh, stopping a war with love, like I, I still yes. get to about that because of the power that, you know, good and love, positive emotions can have and can triumph over the dark. Hallelujah. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I said that I, I believe that if people just actually watch the TV show, like that should Congress and like Washington DC should just, just if I went there and just said, here is, here's the Wonder Woman season, even if it's just season one, World War II, here, yeah, go, you would, that, that's what you, you would need. learn so much, even when the gorilla came after her and then she like, you know, yeah, mm -hmm, you know what I'm talking about. People out there, just go watch it. Yeah, it's everything. And Linda Carter is still out on Twitter, like fighting uh -huh. for everybody. She is my hero. And Wonder Woman always says, before you throw a fist, offer your hand. Before you raise it, offer your hand. She's everything. She's empathy, compassion, wisdom, love. She is all of it. Wonder Woman is the greatest creature in the whole wide world. I don't care what anybody says. I have her tattooed on my body. Wonder Woman is everything. Thank you so much. The uh, end. Yes. Yes. Okay. Did you um, think of a question? Well, but no, wait. Yes, wait I did. No. So I presume you're mm -hmm. good with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and that embodiment. Yes. Is yeah, we will not discuss Wonder Woman 1984 because I think that they movie. did a huge disservice to Cheetah and Cheetah. stuff like that. Don't get me started on any of that, but uh, that's I love her. I also yes. think me and me and Danielle have talked about this too. They, whoever is writing these DC movies, whoever's writing them, mm -hmm. is failing epically on how to tell a freaking story how to connect about them. these characters. Because yeah. you have amazing actors, amazing representations of this. We have the special effects now that we didn't have in 1975. You know, right. right. And even Linda did this. it better then. How can you not write a story that doesn't make me want to choke the life out of you? Because the first one was good. First one first was movie was good. 
Yeah, the second, I, I actually, I liked Wonder Woman 84. My expectations were just excitement to see Wonder Woman on the screen. And like, I would have been disappointed if they just read the phone book, but I would have been happy to have just seen them. But yeah, I, I do recognize the flaws um, and I wish that there was more Cheetah, but they always seem to do that with villains. Like, oh, let's put two. There should never be two villains. It should always be one. We don't need two. That's first and foremost. We don't because need two. We only watch the Michelle Pfeiffer scenes in Batman Returns because oh, that's yeah. the good part of the movie. And then not even good. That's the amazing movie in another she ate a canary. Yeah. Like, well, you know, uh, you know what's interesting on that? I will say, as far as bad guys and them doing a good job, so I'm going to put a caveat on the DC. The Dark Knight and Heath Ledger as the Joker. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, they, they, they did He's a good amazing. job with Christopher Nolan did a great job with that trio, trilogy. Um, a lot of the rest of the DC universe is just needs help. Um, but, it, it but, but, but Wonder Woman generally has been good. I am excited for the third movie and Linda Carter is supposed to have a bigger role in it. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> like, the Queen okay. returns. Danielle? Yes. Okay, um, Danielle, you got to ask your question. I love you, but you okay? Sorry. Now you've broken right. her. Just... You've broken the Wonder Woman. Well, it's very rare we get a guess. Okay, never mind. All right. If you I will connect me. you two up. You guys can fangirl over Wonder Woman for as long as you want. I appreciate okay. Wonder Woman. I love her. She's tall like me. Trust me, I get it. But we are doing a podcast, and we okay, do have I'm to sorry. wrap it up. I apologize to the <laughs> listeners. I'm sorry. One day I am going to cosplay as Wonder Woman for all you guys, just so you know. But anyway, okay, if you could visit one fantasy world, literary fantasy world, so any place from a book, where would you go and why? Ooh, um, that's a tough question for me. Um, I'm going to go OG and go down the rabbit hole with Alice. Ooh. Wow. That is not a Ooh. pleasant place to be as a very avid Alice in Wonderland fan. And I turned my camera around, but people would think I was completely nuts if they saw my Alice collection. My boyfriend makes me keep it in here because he's like, you can have one Alice room because it was <laughs> creeping in our old house into other rooms. But that story, not the Disney fucking story. Yeah, no, no, no. The real one. That's a dangerous place. It is I a like dangerous it. game. But why, I why would you go there? I don't get me wrong, I'll go with you, but I'm just you curious as to why you would go there. Um I'll give I, you my Wonder Woman bracelet. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'll need them. Um <laughs> yes, he will. Ask you of truth to make sense of anything and everything that's going on. I got you. Thank you. Um, no, I think the perception changing that happens there, and I mean, and I'll be honest, I don't read it a lot in fantasy, though, Danielle, I am going to read your books now. Um, <laughs> but I don't do, I don't read a lot of contemporary fantasy, so I'm not as, I can't say, oh, yeah, I'd go there. Um, I mean, the, the dragon land in Game of Thrones, because dragon, flying dragons is like super cool, but what I love about Alice in Wonderland is just that initial change in perception and changing your perspective, the way you, that you look at things, that's what empathy is all about. So that's bringing it back. There, there are so many consistent themes as I've like kind of analyzed myself and, you know, talk to people cool. about it. It's like, oh yeah. Like I love Tim Walker. You asked me about my favorite book and actually there's a picture and it's not a picture book, but there's a collection of um, a photo book from Tim Walker, he's a fashion photographer, and he did some mm -hmm. really cool ass shit with where he would change the um, perspective on everything. So there's a photo of a fashion model with a baby doll, but the baby doll is 18 feet tall. And then the fashion model is, you know, her normal six feet. So perspective just gets totally changed on its head. That's why I like, I love um, Sunday in the park with George because it's the perspective changing. And so with Alice in Wonderland, everything is just kind of upside down and topsy-turvy and not what you'd expect and good can be bad. And and vice versa I, like I think and because it's 
you know, at least in my understanding of fantasy lands, it's an original, like, you know, probably inspired so many different authors and, and people to follow. So I think going back to the beginning would be really intriguing. I love that. Well, they say that it's always best to start at the beginning. <laughs> there you go. And then go to Danielle's books. Yes. yes. And then come to see Birth of the Bay. Yes. yes. I'll be and all set and I'll set that up you for go you. There, since that's a dangerous realm too. Not gonna lie. Well, yeah. Um, I got dragons too. Yes, that's true. She does have dragons. Okay. Rob, shameless self-promotion time. How do people find you and your book and all that amazingness? Awesome. Uh, my book, Tell Me More About That, Solving the Empathy Crisis One Conversation at a Time, is available wherever you buy books in hardcover, ebook, and audiobook. I actually narrated the audiobook, and that made me fall in love with my book even more. I love how that, that's turned out. So if you're an audio um, book person, please check that out. Um, but you can also find me on the socials at Empathy Activist on Instagram in particular. You find me on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, RM Volpe. And then to learn more about empathy and the book and speaking engagements and all the things, um, you can go to five steps to empathy.com. It's the number five steps to empathy.com. Wonderful. It has been amazing having you on this shows. I can do all my words with the wine. It's fine. That's, a, that's very good for you. I'm pleased to report I'm like almost done. Me, <laughs> me too. This is a whole bottle. Go me. Danielle doesn't drink the way I do on these shows. She maintains the air of decorum as Queen Aurora over there. You were asking, that's Queen Aurora, in case you were wondering. Yes. Okay, nice. I love it. I love it. Thank you. And yeah, I'm going to go. Oh, this is this is Aconite Creations made this for me. This is my little piece. And then actually Enchanted Earth made the Queen Aurora crown that they now sell in their crystal shop. It's all real crystals. Angelite disc and this is all quartz crystal. Oh, it's beautiful. I love it. Thank it's you. Absolutely yes. gorgeous. Queen Aurora. Okay, Queen this has been Aurora. Queen Aurora. This has been Drinking with Authors, the Literary Briefs Edition. I have been your host, Erica Lance. Our sponsor has been Skunk Brother Spirits, coupon code DWA10. Um, check them out. They're amazing. Um, my amazing co-host has been Danielle Orsino. Like and subscribe to us, and then please leave us a review so you can tell us how amazing we are. And yes, please. We are amazing. And please do it now as you've been drinking. We appreciate that. Um, our amazing guest has been Rob Volpe. And we will see you guys next time. Awesome. Thank you. Yay. Yay. It's time for a promo for the Epsilon 3 podcast. The Epsilon 3? What do we talk about? It's a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Babylon 5? What's that? It's the greatest 1990s sci-fi show in history. How are we going to watch it? With glee and excitement. How would we rate those kind of episodes? Out of jump gates. How many jump gates? Well, out of five jump gates. Because it's Babylon 5. That is correct. If you go to Zahadum, you will die. But you know what you won't do? You won't die listening to the Epsilon 3 Podcast, right here on the ESO Network. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.